You're listening to the Coaching Cast podcast with Susie and Lisa. We are super lucky to have this seventh season sponsored by our friend and YouTube's top breath coach, Mike Mayer from Take a Deep Breath. Mike is the first official sponsor of this podcast and specializes in reducing stress and anxiety through practical, fun and science-based breathing techniques. You can get started for free by clicking on the link in the show notes and downloading a free guided audio breathing exercise from Mike. Say goodbye to stress and hello to a more relaxed and chilled state of mind. And if you're interested in being a sponsor on this podcast, you can contact us by emailing hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. Hello, I'm Susie. And I'm Lisa, and this is The Coaching Cast. We're the no-nonsense podcast chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's ever-changing workplace. We discuss different topics each episode, sharing our ideas, hints, and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses, and also being qualified coaches. We also try to have a few laughs along the way too, because taking yourself too seriously is, well, just boring. We hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, we're talking about listening. Why listening to others is so important in developing strong working relationships. The reasons why we can sometimes struggle in doing it, and our top tips for perfecting the art of listening. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into this week's episode, Lisa, how have you been? Well, I'm making more physical changes. I don't know oh, if you've okay. noticed. The list I, continues. Yeah, the list continues. <laughs> um, this year, actually, well, this year is probably a bit strong. But today, I don't know if you've noticed. And again, apologies to anyone listening. But I have decided to wear a red lip. I did notice actually when we first came online and then we got distracted. It suits you. Oh, thanks. I've always had a bit of a strange relationship with red lipstick. I'm not particularly good at wearing it. Um, my bestest friends will recall some terrible incidents of nights yeah. out with red lipstick. But I'm hoping now at the age of 30... we've talked about this before, haven't yes, we? Yes, I'm hoping this, at the age of 39, maybe I'm mature yeah. enough to actually be able to wear it. Not to mention the fact <laughs> it is the day and I haven't got alcohol anywhere near me. So... Yeah, I decided to uh, get it back out. This is day two. I've decided to elevate my day day wear with the uh, addition of a, a bit of red lipstick. So yes, so yeah, my my physiological changes continue. Small, subtle changes, clearly, but you know, I feel like a different well, woman already. I am a fan of a red lip. I always have been, but because we have talked about this before, I've also talked about that. Obviously, it is um challenging keeping it on the lips isn't it and not smudging it on the teeth that's always my nightmare when I wear a red lip out and about mine goes um, all over my definitely. face let alone the teeth I don't know how but I end up with it like it goes up to the nostrils and down to the chin and round the I mean god oh. I don't know where it goes but not on the on the on the lips no <laughs> um so yes so I thought you know it's a year of newness I'm trying new things not that there's anything wrong with yeah how I was I'm I'm not advocating that, but I do like trying out some new things. So today I've got the red lip. This morning I had yoga. 
the cliche continues. And I did my first ever little bird. What's that? Well, a little bird is, it's progression into a headstand, which is what I'm working my way up to. And you essentially put the crown of your head on the floor. So you're looking upside down and you put your hands with your elbows back just in front of said crown of head and then you like walk your legs onto bending your knees over your elbows oh my goodness me I know and I did it today twice I actually did it at home to shame the husband I was surprised That's I could do really it really impressive I know I couldn't believe it I did I was literally cheering myself upside down in the class <laughs> going I'm doing it it by myself I can't believe it yeah well I wanted to become stronger this year and I thought I was going to do that by adopting CrossFit which I've spoken about before because my brother-in-law and my sister both do CrossFit in the UK and I've, I've gone along to their CrossFit competitions and supported and I thought maybe that would be what I did this year but no I think I'm building my strength through yoga and it, I'm enjoying that a hell of a lot more so yes what can I say it's a morning of new a morning of new things Oh, good for you. Well done on the on the headstand. I'm a <laughs> big fan of yoga. Um, or the little bird, sorry, should I say. Um, I do something called restorative yoga. Ooh, what's that? Um, so it's not as physical. Like you don't do headstands or like crab positions or anything like that. It's a form of yoga that I got introduced to when I was pregnant. Um and I really enjoy it it's it's quite a gentle kind of flow um and it's about like holding stretch so you do less stretches in a class but you hold them for a lot longer so it's about a deeper stretch I find it's really good for lifting brain fog as well like I always feel like I immediately feel calmer my mind clears anyway this is becoming a very standard typical coach coaching yeah sorry when we start start talking about like (laughs) what else can I chat about I tell you what something else that's happening let's get off the yoga before we've lost most of the audience who are like geez these two uh dry dry format today yeah Um, dry dry so the only other thing that I really have to report is my growing irritation with not being able to this actually I don't know if this content gets better I think it's getting drier well for anyone who's interested, I think I might have mentioned it before, because I'm in South Africa, we're suffering heavily with power outages, because the network here is so poor, corrupt. It's a hell of a long story. If you want to look into the history of energy in South Africa, Google ESCOM, and you think we've got it bad. This is 10 times worse, but this is where we're going if we're not careful. So at the moment, I'm experiencing a four hour power cut between 10 and two. But it's the third one I've got today, Joy. Now, this doesn't normally cause me too many problems and you can work around it in most cases. You know, you learn to live by candlelight. It's quite romantic. Apart from when you realize you've got to wash your hair and you can't dry it. So in a first world problem sense, that is like my worst nightmare because my hair is totally uncontrollable. It can't dry naturally by itself. Actually, I say this when we used to work together, Susie, um, my hair was very different on a daily basis because I was lazy so I would dry it the night before naturally usually and just go to bed and then wake up and roll out and drive to work and it was a bush like a full-on curly bush (laughs) I don't tend to do that anymore (laughs) because for the last couple of years I've decided to invest more 
time in my physical appearance with my hair because I actually feel better about myself. So it's not complete vanity, but you know, there is an element of that. Well, I struggle here in South Africa because it's bloody hot as well. So just, I look like monocrat friends, but not in a cool way. You know, when she goes to Bahamas or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not as cool yeah. as that. So that's the only other thing I've got, you know, it's a bit of yin and yang, as they'd say in yoga, back to the yoga references. Didn't think you'd get away with it. In the This morning I've made some small achievements and then the other side of things is that I'm still struggling with not being able to dry or style my hair properly. So there we go. So I'm about balance. Because... So yeah, the topics we cover in this <laughs> first section of this podcast. So our CBB is just supposed to be like, what? is what this the hell but also it's just daily life isn't it we're just we're normal we may be podcasters but we are also just normal people yeah well, actually i'm sure that. the biggest celebs of the world <laughs> your favorite icons i'm trying to think of them i'm sure beyonce for example who we chatted about last week she has to deal with the same sort of issues well rosie ramsey my ah. absolute fave <laughs> And you fellow love podcaster, <laughs> i'm obsessed with her your rosie ramsey is my feel. elizabeth day there you go yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that is how we are different, CBBs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, as right. you were saying, Rosie keeps it real, doesn't she not? Yeah. Always. She does indeed. I love that. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with her. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast episode. Right. Should we should we get going and talk about um what we're talking about today? Listening. Yeah. Should we talk about how to <laughs> listen better? Yeah. Let's talk about what we were supposed to be talking about. Fabulous. Let's go. <laughs> In a world where there are a lot of interruptions and distractions, it can be easy not to focus on listening to others. So I ask you, when was the last time you really listened to someone? When you didn't interrupt, you let go of your right to be right, and you were deliberate in your focus on the other person. Listening is often the missing half of communication. Absolutely necessary, powerful in its benefits, but it is becoming a lost art. Its importance often looked in a fast digitalized world. Interestingly, it's also a skill that we aren't really ever taught to do well. So, Lisa, on a scale of one to 10, where would you rate your listening abilities and why? It so, totally depends one being, on... One being like absolutely appalling, 10 mm. being like absolutely nailed it. So it totally depends on who it is. Like, I'll be really honest about that. I'm not perfect at this by any stretch, but it definitely depends on who it is. So clients, I would say I'm an eight and a half, nine, because I think I could always be better. And it's something I'm always focusing on to be better. My friends, I try and honor at least an eight. Okay. I've tried so hard to improve how I listen to other people because I've learn how important it is for me to feel listened to and I want to honor that for everybody else and not be a hypocrite my husband probably a four or five <laughs> <laughs> and I I know 
it's with him that I've got the greatest work to do. And I feel sad and disappointed in myself that I know I don't give him what I give other people. Like it is a, it is something I'm very aware of. I'm very conscious of it. And he often tells me that he doesn't feel that I listen to him particularly well. I mean, ironically, I don't always think we're very good at listening to each other. So I think, and yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe sometimes that's where that comes from. Maybe I don't listen to him as well because I don't feel he listens to me. So I think when we get into a quite heated discussion about things, not necessarily an argument, something maybe we're both equally passionate about, it can be a bit like who can fight to get in their words the loudest, the quickest, the most. It's, it, yeah. You can feel it. And I feel like we start talking over each other, which I absolutely hate as well. So yeah, it's it's something I know I need to be better at. And I have been trying to be better at it and to give him the space to talk more. But yeah, definitely depends on who it is. <laughs> okay. So your abilities are quite situational then in the sense of, like you just said, clients, friends tend to be a bit better. <laughs> Husband need to continue to work on that yes yeah <laughs> in terms of listening yeah yeah exactly yeah. and I think it is situational actually I think that's quite true of me as a person and my behavior in general so you know I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before but when I was growing up I gave my best self to school and my worst self was at home and it that worsened as I got older into my teenage years when I you know was processing all my emotional emotions going through puberty whatever but it was true in that as well I gave my best version of myself to other people because and it is that it's, it's a pathetic thing to say really and it's not fair but it's that notion I think of your family and your loved ones will accept you and be there for you no matter what which is for me, that's my family environment. I know it's not true of everybody, but I never felt I had to prove myself in my family. So I'm lucky, but it made me then lazy in terms of my investment towards those relationships because I felt they were a given and I knew they just loved me anyway. Whereas I never felt yeah. that way about school relationships, friends, anything external. So I already had my parents' approval, so I didn't try to get it. Whereas teachers... I always wanted their approval. So I'd work really hard to get it. And it's it's that kind of notion. And it can sometimes yeah. be like that with, with my husband, I think. But not as much, because at the end of the day, he chose me. He could easily choose to get rid. <laughs> so it's not like we're bound <laughs> by blood, you know. Um, so <laughs> I have a slightly different view of him in that respect. So I know how important it is, like I come back to, I know how important it is for me to feel listened to. And it always has been yeah. in a work context. I've always felt valued when I've been listened to. And it's been something that's really important to me. And I felt the absolute opposite when I've not been listened to. And it's really like knocked my confidence and got me down. So I want to never be the person that is the cause of that. Yeah. Well, I think if you, you know, I'm the same in the sense that... <clears throat> If someone doesn't give me doesn't give me the opportunity to communicate and talk, i.e., they talk over me, they don't hold that space for me just to kind of release what I'm 
thinking what I'm feeling or there's or I can tell that they're judging me like in that moment as well then I find that incredibly frustrating irritating and it brings out the worst behavior in me as well because Mm. everybody just you know you just want that opportunity to be heard and actually it's a very simple thing it's a very powerful thing when you feel that you've been fully heard um it's very liberating and it makes you feel um really like warm and fuzzy inside well I find anyway um you know and a lot of frustration I think in relationships personal ones or work relationships often come when somebody hasn't had that opportunity and that space um, to just be heard without interruption and without judgment. And for me, I think that's it. (laughs) That is like what, what, what listening is and is very powerful. And um, it's very easy to do, but we just don't, well, I'm not great. I think, I think I'm, well, as we all are, I'm work in progress as well. So I've really had to work on my listening, probably became more conscious of it when I was training to become a coach because Mm. listening as a coach is a critical skill. Yes. Yeah. Same here as well. More more conscious of around my listening abilities um, and not interrupting, really like working on that desire to be like, oh my God, like, and and kind of um, engage with that person and making it the the focus shift back on me rather than them by doing that, uh, suppressing that, you know, that judgment away. Like, so um, I became more conscious of it and I definitely have worked on my listening uh, abilities. Again, my listening skills are probably best when I'm with clients, when I'm um, in an external environment than they are at home. Although I'd say parenthood is also taught me the importance of listening as well and I use with my son this this phrase where I say right have you turned your listening ears on (laughs) it is a bit patronizing like but he's a three-year-old so it's fine I was gonna say Um, I think it's lovely and he's three so and he's three but again I'm trying to teach him this idea about listening because it's not something well I was never taught about how to listen while at school I don't know if you were but I wasn't I think I possibly Um, was in respect of all eyes on the teacher, focus on the teacher, don't talk. I think actually, now I've even just said it, that was where always the emphasis was, don't talk, not listen. It was, and I think that's actually often where we're all misguided in teaching. We immediately get told off for the thing they don't want us to do they don't tell us what they would like us to do. So yeah. there's that notion yeah. of stop talking, all lies on me, but not is. And so actually your brain could wonder. I think a lot of people would then struggle with concentration. You know, it wasn't let's do a test on who can listen well. I'm sure some teachers did, but it wasn't the the it wasn't the common approach. Yeah. Cause like I remember being taught how to read, for example. But I can't really ever remember being taught how to listen well mm. or listen prof- like effectively. That's mm. but anyway, that might just be my experience. So anyway, yeah, I say to my son, like, right, it's time to, we need to turn on our listening ears now. And then we do this action, this motion where we t- 
turns them on like a little screw on his ears oh and I'm like right and I do it as well so I'll be like I'll turn mine on as well like and and I do that because I also want if he's telling me something and it's going on for ages and ages I'm like no I have to not interrupt him I have to create that space for him for me to listen to him so I don't always do it don't get me wrong but sometimes I try and like right mummy's turning her listening ears on now to listen to you back so it's both ways um but yeah it's it is an incredibly powerful ability mm. to mm. hold that space for somebody um so what do you think is the importance in being a in a being a better listener so if we were all to be better listeners what do you think the importance is in focusing on that I think we've started to touch upon it in that initial conversation which is if we all listened better, I believe our relationships would be stronger. So I think listening is a huge part of effective communication, which I don't think a lot of people tend to put the two and two together because as soon as you talk about communication, people immediately go to the voice. But actually really powerful communication is where all parties involved are listening and they're sharing. So it's both. And I think that's the foundation of really strong, effective relationships. And so often relationships break down, whether they're romantic or platonic or work relationships, because of a a lack of effective communication. That's Because as soon as you don't have effective communication, you no longer really fully understand what's going on for the other person and that's where you build the connection and vice versa by the way so I think really effective listening is the key ingredient of communication which contributes to relationships and that's when you're in a place where because you are listening intently you're being curious our favorite word you start to really value the other person because you learn more about them and and what makes them who they are I think you also learn a lot in general because I think someone who's intent on only speaking is shutting themselves off to all that they could learn outside of themselves because they're not listening to anybody else and I think that's dangerous as well. Like you see that in some of the worst dictatorships in the world, historically uncurrent. It's where they won't listen to anybody else because they only yeah. believe what they they have inside them. There's this incredible Zulu saying here in South Africa, which I actually learned from a South African, but not in South Africa. I learned it because one of my favourite academics is a lady called Dr. Susan David, who wrote the book uh, Emotional um I want to say it's oh, what's it called that's hilarious uh, typical my referencing always goes slightly out of the window um but I think it's emotional capability or emotional something I love it anyway look her up Dr Susan David she's alleged she's actually I want to say she's South African she could be Zimbabwean born but anyway she talks a lot about this phrase from the Zulu language called salbona which means I see you and by seeing you I bring you into being and it's actually how they greet each other. But the purpose is, it's so much more than just hello. It's a, I see you. And because I've seen you, you now exist. 
and it was about giving okay. people space and I just love it so much it's like one of my favorite phrases I think it's the only Zulu phrase I know I've got a long way to go but I love the meaning behind that word and I think that's where listening comes into that as well which yeah I particularly love Oh, I love that. I've learned something new there as well. Like that's so. I love you. I love as well that you have a favourite academic. I'm like uh, note yourself and favourite <laughs> academic. One of one of <laughs> my favourite. Yeah, Dr. Susan Davis, <clears throat> who's now I'm embarrassed that I mean I cannot remember her book. Her name of book is emotional. It might be emotional capability actually. It's something like that. But I read it. Um, when did I call? I read it quite early on in my coaching training, and I just loved it. It's called Emotional Agility. There we go. Emotional agility. Okay. Get unstuck, embrace change, and thrive in work and life. It is a fantastic book. Like okay, I think it was well, one of the a... yeah, one of the first books I ever read that was really starting to explore the topic of emotional intelligence and EQ and things that I hadn't really learned about before. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, I, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, listening? Because there's a lot of content out there as well, if you're interested in, in understanding more. And I was watching a TED talk about listening a while ago now, probably about a year or so ago now. And there was a story within that that TED talk. Um, and I'm going to share it now because I think this really truly demonstrates what the benefit of listening is. So there was a journalist um, in America called Ronnie Polensky. Okay. Yep. And she set up a chair in a park in Philadelphia and next to the chair was a sign that she'd written and it said I will listen with compassion without judgment and with an open heart so if there's something you need to say come and tell me and I will listen okay and it's it goes on in this TED talk to set talk about how People sat down and they talked to Ronnie about all sorts of subjects in the time that she was on that park. Um, and people came and went and she just sat there and listened. And sometimes she, you know, made a comment. Sometimes she didn't. She just created that space. And actually, well, one, I love that story because mm. I think, wow, like that's a lovely thing to do. And how amazing is that? But secondly, I suppose the, the thing I took from that story was I think as humans, kind of we all have this like impulsive need to be heard yeah, and to be kind of like listened to. And I think where you can tap into that to improve your listening abilities is actually just being what I would call like a deliberate listener. OK, so thinking about actually I'm going to let go of my right to be right. I'm going to let go of my judgment. I'm going to do a Ronnie. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to listen. OK, and I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to, you know, um, uh, show judgment, etc. I'm just going to have that compassion, that open heart like Ronnie did. And I'm just going to listen. And I think until you do it as well, you don't see sometimes the benefits of it because I know when I've done it, it's kind of then created like a bit of a chain reaction. Not all the time, I have to say, but in some instances, it's then created a, like a an informal, like an intangible like chain reaction, which you can't see. And then all of a sudden the other person, I think, becomes a bit 
calmer, maybe a bit more relaxed. Again, they they love that opportunity that they're being heard, they're being listened to. And then you, you can find that then that person, when the conversation evolves, can replicate the same back to you. Not in all instances, yes. but I have had it sometimes where, you know, if I've really been a deliberate listener and I've done all of those things that we just talked about, it then it then can kind of create this kind of chain reaction with that other person as well. Yeah. And imagine if we all did that. What a lovely world and society we would live in. But yeah. obviously, absolutely, <laughs> that ain't it's a work in progress. But I think you're very right. I, I know if I've been listened to, I want to pay that back. And I think that is what happens. I think people fight for space to speak when they have. They feel like, as I've just said, they feel they have to fight for it. That it's not readily available that it's not open to them that they've got to go and grab it and that's when you can get those really difficult environments that then I think become quite toxic where everyone's just vying for space and it's very loud and it's quite erratic and it can become quite aggressive because people get frustrated you know and and it's just not a nice place to be at all so if we're obviously advocating avoiding that then what are your top tips for how to be better at listening yeah, so I'll kind of do's and don'ts and our top tips. So my first do would be just to slow it down, just slow everything down. And I think if you do that, you will become more deliberate in your approach to listening to somebody. Mm. So slow it down, like slow that urge down to interject and interrupt. Yeah. Okay. So I I am quite, you'll probably see it if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, you know, I use my hands quite a lot. I'm quite expressionist in the way that I speak. Um, and I've learned that about myself over time. If I'm trying to slow myself down a little bit, I sit on my hands, okay? And actually just that act of doing that slows me down mm. in my pace, in my need to kind of interrupt, in my processing of things, Um and that just really helps me. It might not help you, but it, it helps me. So I think my first kind of do is just try and slow it down. And I have one and, that's and that quite similar. You. Sorry to interrupt there. Um, <laughs> haha. I write things down that are coming into my head because I was taught, and it's a really helpful technique to me, that when there's things we want to say, we start opening our mouths and we start getting ready to say what we want to say. And as a person who is speaking, that can be quite distracting, can be quite off-putting, and it causes the person speaking often to rush because they feel like they're about to be interrupted. And actually, if you keep opening your mouth, it has a tendency for you to be to be the interrupter because you're already getting ready to speak. So actually, I was taught it's a great as a great technique to actually just start writing down anything that's coming into my head to stop my mouth from opening and to ensure that I'm remaining focused on the other person but I like I would say that's similar to that slowing down technique which is not you know slowing down the urge to react and actually just to calm the reaction so actually you only then offer your thoughts when it's time yeah so I really like absolutely the other kind of things I'd say around that are uh, around my kind of do's is it's also preparing yourself to listen to others I Mm. think and you know this is more if you know you're going into an interaction or a conversation where 
you know, you need to be, it's one-on-one, I don't know, like a one-to-one, for example. Yeah. And, you know, that we've done an episode on how to how to do a successful one-to-one before, but a key element of that is listening. Mm. So you know you're going to have to do some deliberate listening and be conscious of your listening skills in that, in that forum, in that space. And one of the things that I got taught, um, which I do, is before I go into any of those types of interactions, is I try and quieten my own thoughts down a mm. little bit. Um, and I have a moment of silence for myself before I go into that. And that can be like, I tend to put music on. We've talked about music, obviously. We love music on the coaching cast, but mm. that helps me just quieten down my own thoughts. You've talked about obviously writing them down there as well. And just creating that space in between um you kind of going into that and you starting to listen that kind of transition I suppose that like transitional piece and mm. um, that really works works well for me and I think the final thing I'd say is let's start now so you know the next person you come across that you're speaking to um or you're in a conversation with after listening to this episode okay you know give them your full attention don't interrupt them and practice because it's a skill it Mm. takes time it takes um repeating of of doing it to kind of really help you formulate doing that well but actually as a challenge the next person you come across that you're in in an interaction with after this podcast episode give it a go yeah I love that it's a good idea stop thinking about doing it start doing it and then learn as you go you know, you correct and improve on things that you're finding out, things that you can do well, things that you can't. I think to add to your list, my only other is listen to be curious and seek seek to understand, not listening to be able to offer, challenge, disagree, share, actually just be there to listen to the other person. So change your intent. So we will pull those top tips together and we will share them at the end of this episode. It is now time for Bullshit Bingo. This is where Susie and I call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which make us both cringe. Our bullshit bingo for today's episode came from another one of our followers on LinkedIn. They're the community that keeps on giving. And it is, let's reach out. So, Suze, what do you think of this bad boy? This always reminds me of that song lyric. What was it like? Reach out. That one, like, that's an awful song. I can't sing very well. I thought you were going to sing um, S Club 7, what... Reach for the Stars then. So I was thinking, what? Because they're they having a comeback, aren't they? They've got a new tour planned or something. Yes. Club 7. Obviously, I'm all over that. Mine <laughs> is uh, band. Um, let's reach out. Yeah, I've used it myself. I definitely um, have. 100%. I... Would I have thought this is a bullshit bingo? At the time, probably no, but now it's been called out. Do I agree it's a bullshit bingo? Yeah, I think it is a bit, actually. It's, it is a bit cringe, isn't it? Like, let's reach out. Like, To be honest, I think I've out. heard it more in the context of make sure you reach out if you need anything. I've heard it in that sense as more of a direction rather than a let's reach out, I think. And that's possibly how I've used it more, but 
Yeah, I think this is quite American, the reach out. I'm sure some of my American friends and people who live in America, I think they talk about the reach out and in, you know, their accent <laughs> as well. But yeah, I do think it's very common, this one, the reach out. Yeah, I don't this... know whether I think it's that bad. It is is one. It's a yeah, definitely a bullshit bingo. I think yeah. um, we should start grading the bullshit bingos on like what is the most cringeworthy because we've definitely got somewhere I'm like, oh yeah, I can stomach that, like this one, and there are those yeah. where I'm literally like, oh my god, get it out, get <laughs> it out. Whereas I don't feel that way about this one. This one's subtle. <laughs> this one's subtle. We'll do a poll. Yeah, we should do a poll. Maybe that's what we should do to end season seven. Like, you know, we've got seven seasons down. There's been a lot of bullshit bingos. Maybe we should start grading, <laughs> like, the Hall of Fame of bullshit bingos and who's the current reigning champ. But, guys, obviously, Susan, I think this is a fairly tame one. We think this is stomachable. So if, however, you have a bullshit bingo, which really does want to make you puke, want to puke in a bucket or punch someone in the face... Um, I'm not that I'm advocating violence, but you know what I mean. Uh, then please do send them to us. We do get quite a few through our social media platforms, whether that be LinkedIn or on Instagram at the coaching cast, but you can also email us hello at the coaching cast.co.uk. We are coming to the end of today's episode where we've discussed the art of listening. Our top tips and recommendations from today's episode on the WISE whiteboard are the following. Number one, slow down. So slow down those reactions and deliberately try to listen. Write your thoughts or sit on your hands as I've shared as my little technique that I do or write those thoughts as they come to mind before you speak. Uh, But just try and slow everything down. That will really help you with your listening skills. Number two, create the space. So create the space and time for you to just focus and to be present. Number three, be curious. Seek to understand and learn. So try not to challenge, disagree or share. Okay, so just create that space for somebody just to really say everything that's on their mind, what they want to get out uh, and try very, very hard not to interrupt. And finally, start now. So practice. So as I said, following listening to this podcast episode, the next person you're in an interaction with, just give it a go. Give it a practice. And over time, you will absolutely nail the art of listening. We also have some self-coaching questions which you can ask yourself. And they are, number one, on a scale of one to 10, where would you rate your listening abilities and why? So the same question that I asked Lisa at the beginning of this episode. Number two, how do you know that you're truly listening to others? And number three, what could you do to improve your listening and impact with others? Don't worry if you can't remember all of our top tips and recommendations. They will be on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast this week, alongside our self-coaching questions too. We really hope that you enjoyed today's episode on listening and how to listen even better and that you've got some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us in three ways on email at 
hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. I don't know how many times I've said it. Clearly still need to keep saying it because I don't know it off by heart yet. On Instagram at thecoachingcast. And finally, you can contact us through our website, thecoachingcast.co.uk. Your support also helps more than you may know. So if you like what you've heard today and also like any of our other episodes and would like to help us grow this podcast and join our CBB community, then please leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. You've got no idea how important these are. Hit subscribe wherever you listen. Give us a follow on Instagram where we post our regular tips and behind the scenes hilarity of recording this podcast. And also don't forget, you can watch each episode on our YouTube channel by searching for The Coaching Cast. Now, we're going to end today's episode on a more serious and sombre note than usual. And that's to acknowledge the horrific events that have taken place in Turkey and Syria with the horrific earthquake over the last couple of weeks. So that situation, I'm sure, like for many of you, has really, really saddened Susie and I and our families. And we are going to be supporting the Choose Love charity with the work that they are doing, the incredible work that they're doing over there to help all of the victims and donating on behalf of the coaching cast. So if that is equally something that you would like to do, then we encourage you to check out the chooselove.org website and also make your donations. However, there are many other charities doing great work. It's whatever's best for you, but we wanted to acknowledge that here and send all our love to Turkey and Syria during this terrible time. Finally, we both love music. And we use it to motivate, uplift ourselves and energise us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation. It's my choice this week and I've chosen Too Much Music by Jake Sears. Thanks so much for listening, CBBs. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on the art of listening. And remember, you've got this.